friendship. Pain. Animation. Sweat. Long ago, the four elements and nations lived together in harmony as a 1224 podcast. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Whoosh. Only the Avatar, our number one guest of this episode, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him the most, he vanished. A hundred years pass, and we finally released this episode because our schedules aligned. And although we don't know how it's going to turn out, we hope it's great. Anyways, welcome to the 1224 podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. I'm Kate. I'm Shay, I think. I don't know. And I'm Josh. Yes. Whoa, I don't know you. He's the Avatar. Oh, very loud. Oh, why weren't you here? Huh? (laughs) Why'd you disappear? Huh? Because I got busy, huh? Hmm. Sounds fake, but you know, that's okay. Whatever. (laughs) Save the world. Yeah, now we release you to save the world. Welcome, Josh, for joining us today. As you know, this episode, we're going to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Let's go. Yeah. It's... For those who don't know this episode, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's it's not the cursed episode, because we had... That was a sheer one, but... This took a long time just because scheduling. But now it's here. It's finally here. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I I wrote notes for once in my life. And... I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Pop quiz. What is it about? One of you guys answer. Would you like to go first, Avatar, or should I? <laughs> you should. I'll let you take the lead on this one. Okay, After all, all right. I'm still a little kid. Ah, all right, all right, stick into your character. I see you, I see you, Josh, all right. I guess that makes me Katara, I don't know. But anyways, Avatar The Last Airbender is a Nickelodeon animated show about, obviously, this kid named Aang who is destined to be the Avatar, knowing all four elements. Um, But, you know, obviously he vanished for who knows what. And so you have... Two siblings, Katara and. <laughs> oh my god, how am I forgetting his name? Kate, Kate, oh his name's Sokka. His name's Sokka. Sokka. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sokka. Why did I do this to I... you? <laughs> I'm on this podcast, and for what? Shay's gonna like for... run to me and curb stop me. Oh my gosh. I deserve I'm in disbelief. That. I need to leave. Oh my I actually God. need to leave. I'm losing it. I'm already losing it. Um, <laughs> okay, so we have Katara and Sokka. And one day, they finally find Aang in, a, in this huge icicle with his, with his big... Um, oh my gosh, what's it called? <laughs> Flying bison? Flying bison! Oh my God, Kate. <laughs> Kate, please. This is... I'm so sorry. And his name is Appa. And you know what? Um, They they finally release them out of the ice. And it's a hundred years later since Aang has disappeared. And now they go on this huge journey for Aang to master all the four elements. Because, you know, 
the whole thing with the Fire Nation and the Fire Lord. There's a race war. That's all Yeah. It's a race war. (laughs) (laughs) There's a race war (laughs) with elements. Um, And it's definitely the Fire Nation that's trying to conquer all of these, basically the whole world itself. And Aang is destined to defeat the Fire Lord. Um, And so you also have your antagonists. You got Zuko... And then you got Azula, who are siblings and also part of the Fire Nation. Um, and then you have this awesome girl, Toph, who comes in as an Earthbender later in the show, um, who becomes part of the crew. And that's essentially the story itself. Just the whole crew trying to um, help Aang master all the four elements to defeat the Fire Lord. Did I fail? No, you did a good job, except for, I don't know, for, for getting one of the best characters' names, but, like, that's fine, whatever. It's fine. Honestly, if anything, you you kind of forgot Uncle Iroh. You should have just, like, threw him in. It's like a special, a special shout-out. There's characters to go over all of them. I mean, right. but he, no, he deserves a special shout-out. You're right, you're yeah. right. I should have mentioned Uncle Iroh. My apologies. I have an inquiry. Yes. For you guys. How did you guys get into Avatar? Mr. Avatar. Well, for me, it was just one of those days in the childhood watching Nickelodeon and all of a sudden this show where people are throwing rocks, fire, water, and air at each other. And it just, you know, it looks so cool to, you know, like a five, six, seven, eight-year-old. And, you know, you almost get into the and also I have a brother too, so you kind of just get into those things where you act like you're you're chucking rocks and bending air, and act like you're the Avatar. Um, by the way, favorite Avatar, um, Avatar Roku. Also, my mentor. But hey, okay. The, yeah, the childhood is definitely when I got into it, and it stayed with me. You know, I just bought the entire show on um iTunes just to watch it just because I lo- that's how much I like it paid the what 20 or 30 bucks for it so yeah good it's, spend. <laughs> it's like really getting the whole set is like really easy because I, I have the DVD set on um, at home wow so look at y'all right watching it in that cool yeah. three by two or four by three yeah. yeah that must be so neat oh my gosh um, it's, it's a little, my story's a little similar and a little different from Josh. Um, you know, I, I grew up watching, uh, a few episodes of Avatar, but not really watching it in order whatsoever. Like, you know, I was familiar with it, um, but I never really got into it, uh, until people started talking about it, like, at school and college specifically, and, um... Everybody just started talking about Avatar and the hype, um, especially when they announced that the show itself was going to be on Netflix. Um, every Everybody was going on a huge Avatar craze. And I was like, huh, that made me question about, you know, what, what was all the hype? Like, what was so good about the show? Like, obviously, I knew it was good because I was like, yeah, I, I'm familiar with, like, you know, pretending to bend when I was a child. Like, I was at the swimming pool with my cousins trying to water bed and stuff, you know? <laughs> um but like <laughs> you know just i i watched it um 
during the early months of quarantine and my eyes were finally open. My third eye was finally open as to why uh, everybody was going crazy about it. And um, eventually I was like, yep, this is this is it. This is my show. And especially me being Asian American, it's so nice to see such really good Asian representation um, within animation for the first time. So yeah. Um, oh, I guess my experience is it's very similar to Josh's. Um, I watched it when I was younger. Um, I bought the whole se- series. But here's the thing, right? I'm an awful person. Because <laughs> um, I don't... Okay, so growing up, um, I used to catch it like more so on Nicktoons than actual Nickelodeon. Um, and so the way Nicktoons would air it, technically they'll air in order, but I'll never catch like the first season airing. So I mainly watch the second and third season out of order, technically. Um, but like in batches that are in order. Um, so you may be thinking, oh, did you rewatch it? No, I, I didn't rewatch it when it went on Netflix. Um, one, because, like, it's, I don't know, I feel like Avatar's a, sh- a show that's, like, hard to, like, rewatch. Not for any, I, I just think, it, I don't know, something about it's, like, harder for me to rewatch than, um, like, the sequel series Korra. Because I feel like there's, like, a lot going on. Also, like, season one is, like, I don't know, it's tedious, but, like, yeah, I really like the show. Yeah, I'm just like a I'm just a bad person. Cause I don't watch things in order. So, well, yeah. here's the thing about that too, though, is when you watch it on TV, you know, there's a lot of things that when whoever makes the decision to air a show that it might not always be in order like that. It when it should be, but um, right, especially after its debut, you know, then they'll just start putting a random yeah. compilation of stuff in there depending on when you watch it, you know, you'll be lucky to watch it if they're doing one of those, um, like, uh, premieres that just, you know, in a day run through the entire show in order, or if not that, then, like, they'll air, like, you know, three or four episodes for a couple of hours, and they'll put all those in order, but other than that... Yeah, like... Yeah, no, I understand that. I'm just saying that, like, I still refuse to watch in order to this day. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I can't. It's Yikes. it's not that it's weird watching in order. I just can't, like, physically sit myself down and watch in order. I have to, like, jump around. <laughs> that That's fair. I feel like, you know, me, I'm kind of, like, the opposite where I need to watch it in order. It's just for me, I can't, I can't binge watch it just because of, like, how or how i don't know like it like i love avatar but it's such this huge like concise storyline yeah so i so i can't just like sit i can't just finish in one sitting basically is what i'm trying to say (laughs) oh yeah i I couldn't do that myself either i would have to you know even me myself of course i have my like episodes where i can just like it doesn't relate to the storyline as much as sort of one of those slightly tangential mm, story yeah. storylines. Um, 
so like I might skip around in, to, to where it gets back on track. Like when, uh, for example, Zuko's lost days. I mean, it does contribute to the storyline, but it's still a slight tan- tangent because Zuko Zuko is finding himself. But you know, they also yeah. create a, a story within that. I like that episode. Yeah, I like vaguely remember it. Um, I do remember liking it, but I don't think I really hate any. Ep- Wait, no, I take that back. I don't, I do. There is one episode I don't like as much, but, like, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Avatar The Last Airbender. I, there are people who are saying that they binge-watched the whole show. Could like, it when it me? came, it's on Netflix right now, and I sat there, and I was like, I already can't binge-watch things, really. Like, if I binge-watch things, it's always accidental. Like, um, <laughs> it's like a joke, but, um, but yeah, no. Binge-watching Avatar, I, I just sit there, and I'm like, that's a lot. Yeah. In one go. <laughs> for sure. Especially for a show that's, like, not really meant for binging either. No, it's not. I guess. Because, like, yeah. Like, the yeah. way it aired, it aired week by week. Right. So, for those who don't know, Netflix, um, in addition to getting the rights to, like, air both Avatar Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, um, they got the Like, they're planning on doing a live-action Avatar series, which, like... Probably won't turn out no, well. I'll you. say it. <laughs> I, I'm so over it. I completely forgot that happened because at first I thought you were talking about like the live action movie that everyone despises and as they should. Oh, I can talk about that um, too because I watched it. Yes, I yeah. did too when I when it I came haven't. out. And my, I'll say my childhood was ruined, almost. <laughs> Wait, did you see it in theaters? Yes. Oh, oh, I saw it at a family friend's house by myself. <laughs> so like, oh no, yeah, I haven't seen it, and I've only seen one clip that uh, a friend showed me, and I was like, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like you know, the thing that they did sort of well with the movie, um, the scenery, the scenes, uh, somewhat following the story to a good degree. You know, of course, you can't put everything into an hour and a half uh feature film but they got a lot of the main stuff it's just a lot of the execution is what went wrong and you know little and also some of the little details for me you know when you call when you're so used to hearing the word ang from the last airbender and then for whatever reason someone makes a decision to say ong um, I did like slight like research about it, like a few years ago. Cause I got really bored. Apparently, they were trying to do like the actual like authentic pronunciation of all the names. But like, here's the problem. This is a problem with, like all um, animation live action shows too. One is because an- people don't take animation seriously, which is like really annoying. Facts. But um, two, since animation is already a visual medium and also involves sound. Like, you don't need to, like, changing pronunciations of things is very jarring versus, like, if you're reading a book, right? Because, like, for example, what's a, what's a book? Oh, um, Harry Potter. So, like, me and my friends. Because, um, so the elf Dobby, like, I, I would say Dobby, which is how his name is actually pronounced. And my friend would say Doobie, even though, like, technically it doesn't make sense spelling-wise. But, like, basically... When you read, you can come up with the pronunciations on your own versus, like, if you hear them, then you know how to pronounce the name. And so that's what the film kind of ran into because even though, like, they're, like, we want to be more authentic, it's, like, 
well, the show itself isn't like completely authentic. So like it, it so like trying to change the pronunciations is like very jarring to the audience, <laughs> and like even with like new viewers. Yeah. Also, wasn't the movie itself whitewashed? Yes, it was. Very, which was. God, bro, I can't. Wait, okay, what does that mean? I need some um, so basically, whitewashing is um when you cast white actors in the role of in roles of um people of color. Yeah. So in the Avatar movie, instead of getting like Asian people to play, especially the main cast, they didn't do that for background characters. They did, which was the weirdest thing. So weird. Um, it was just all white people, even though Avatar takes place in a world where it's like all Asian people, right? Yeah. Right. It's yeah. So a mess. Totally a mess. Like it it doesn't even make the excuse of like, yeah, we couldn't find like Asian people to play these characters when it, like the background characters are Asian and but then even then that's like, such a weak what? excuse. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, like <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. And then like obviously with Netflix trying to make a live action, I'm like, just just stop. <laughs> you know, you don't need to do that anymore. Like just just leave Avatar alone. I know like with Netflix, their main concern, they're like, we're gonna get like we're not gonna whitewash it, which everyone's happy about. But the problem is the Netflix one, they wanted to like make the age rating higher and then like um add like this was the rumor it's not confirmed or not but i like there's a rumor going around that they want to make the age like the age rating higher because the original show was rated like y7 both shows like i'm gonna get into ratings because when we talk about core because core's ratings is crazy but basically they want to make the age rating higher and because they want to add more violence someone like was like more gore and like more sex even though like all the characters are underage. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, oh, see, that, the thing about Netflix, too, one thing um, in my mind when I started watching anything on Netflix, especially their own originals, is that they kind of, I want to say, break a lot of rules when it's solely them doing it, especially. Um, mm-hmm. Like that one film that's very erotic that they came out like in oh the you mean cuties um no not even that one's a dip i think i'm it's a different one like they're on the boat Was it? And, oh yeah huh? and i'm pretty sure that it's like endless sex or something like that but oh, uh it's, i know like there's a lot of there's like a lot going on with like censorship laws and netflix um yeah bro can i talk about my nephew <laughs> Your which nephew? Ang. Yes. Ang. Ang. <laughs> Ang. He's just you know he's ha- this happy good lucky kid even though his whole people got like wiped out. Um, yeah. Trauma. I like Ang as a character. He's cool. So do he's I. Like yeah, like he's definitely a child. <laughs> um, but I think he's like decently written. Okay, I always have grapes of like shows and how they write like kids. I don't know it. I like, uh, okay, I should specify, in Avatar Lost Airbender, I really like Aang. In Korra, I don't know if I like him, but, I don't know, he's just... I wasn't a fan of his character model. Wait, in which series? Uh, Legend of Korra. I don't know. That right. I, but, of course, you know, they, of course, they actually aged him, which, of course, I didn't expect that, because the, uh, does anyone know how 
many years the show takes place after. Oh, yeah. Um, but Korra basically takes place... It's supposed to be, like, the 1920s. And then Aang died when he was, like, 40? Yeah, something. like He was, like, in his 40s when he died. So it's, like, a few decades after. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. Yeah. I love Aang. Um, I love that kid. I do anything for him. Um, I want to give him a hug cuz he's been through so much. And I think yeah. throughout the show, he he gave really good development from especially just how like mature he became to to kind of just like mastering all the four elements or at least trying to since he, you know, there's this um what's the word? Like, you know, he had to be quick to to master all those elements. So there was that like sense of you know we have to do this before you know we get defeated yeah i really like ang he's cool yeah i think the thing oh ang okay basically if you haven't seen avatar because i don't know what i don't know what you're doing but um (laughs) ang walked so then steven universe can jog facts (laughs) not right but he said (laughs) like because Aang, literally, the whole show, he's like, yo, I'm not gonna, he's like, I'm not gonna kill Ozai, and everyone's like, bro, you need to kill Ozai. Right he's now. Like, he's like, ah, I, I don't think I'm gonna kill him, and I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm with him, you need to kill this man, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, that man had real morals, and I was like, I mean, he wiped out your whole, like, your whole people's. In your culture, man. But he never forgot the weight of his people. Yeah, mm. I think that's such mm. a nice detail. Josh. With Ang too. Okay, Josh. Thinking critical. See Josh using his avatar logic. <laughs> He's the avatar. He's the true avatar. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, when, when you go back through it, uh, you notice things that they say uh, that that you didn't hear the first time because you were just enjoying the storyline so it's like one of those little details um because you remember at the end near the end he was on the uh, the turtle island trying to figure out how not to kill ozai because mm-hmm. um he wanted to he not he didn't want to end his life or anyone's for that matter due to i guess it's something about the no air nomads religion of um, that sort of violence, you know, that fight if we mm. have to fight, but um, we don't have to resort to that ex- like level of, of extremes. Right. Even and he kept true to that even as Avatar, when an Avatar from his previous life would have just resorted to it, you know, to for the protection of everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also too, you know, I guess he thinks of it too for the protection of everyone, you know that's keeping Ozai alive somehow at all costs. That's something to think about. <laughs> right. I'm like blown away. <laughs> um, I mean, especially about what he chooses to do instead of killing Ozai. And I think that's a pretty good choice of taking away his own, uh, Ozai's bending. Um, cause I feel like that's, that's even more powerful than death. I mean, yeah. Cause like, would you rather, I don't know. I mean, this is shown throughout, like, both shows, too. Torture is the worst thing that can happen to you, to be honest. I mean, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, okay, Ozai, 
he was he was a bender. He loved like bending, right? Get your power secret. Away. It's like devastating because that like, like throughout the shows they kind of mentioned how like being a bender is kind of just like this way of like life. Also, so, like if you kind of take away something that's so vital to someone's identity, it's like what mm-hmm. you don't know how to cope. Especially yeah. if something if it's something that like literally can impact how like you live, too. Right. Yeah, it, it goes back to that uh, one episode when they were in the Earth Kingdom. Uh, I forget the kid's name, but it was overrun by the Fire Nation, and uh, so and they wanted to take away anyone that had Earthmen and put them into like a I don't want to say oh. a concentration camp thing, but sort of like a sort of something like that. Uh, yeah. So the kid was. I know what episode you're talking about. His name's Haru. Yes. <laughs> He came back with an awful mustache and goatee. <laughs> I remember and, that. And I miss him. And I used to get him mixed up with the... I think it was another kid in, a, in like one of the Earth Kingdom spaces. But he had a wheelchair. I was getting mixed him. Yeah, mixed, the wheelchair. Okay. Jesus Christ. Oh. Yeah, I get those two mixed up. But it's yeah. Haru's not the wheelchair kid. <laughs> Look, I, I, I was also re-watching the show with my dad. Because um, he's never seen the show. Um, even though I feel like he should have by now. But yeah, no, like, I think that episode is really effective. But also speaking on that episode, can we talk about Katara? My queen. Look, I'm gonna say it. There is no Katara slander. Well, no, actually take that back. Certain kinds of Katara slander will be taller, but not the ones that people usually say. What what type of slander does does People say that she's a weaker- Everyone's like she's a weaker bender than um Zuko Excuse? and I. Look, I. Nah, no, 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 no. How dare they? What? I'm setting the record straight right here. Katara is a better bender than Zuko. Zuko's that's... the weakest bender out of the main cast. Oh, that's bold. It's just not bold. <laughs> yeah, bold. that's that's kind of bold. I mean, like, bold. put it this Wait way: <laughs> Katara cannot be considered weak because she had to step in when Zuko took a took a shot of lightning for her. Um, mm-hmm. and she was able to defeat Azul, and then also the Bloodbender. We cannot okay, forget about the Bloodbender. Blood but I, I think the thing that really proves, I think, that she's a. Everyone forgets that she stopped the rain. Just saying, she stopped the whole rain because this man killed her her mother. And yes, that too. Yeah. Okay. That's what okay, I think Shay. of. Okay. okay. Look, I have receipts. Cause I always have to have this discussion. The detail. I have to get out the way right now. <laughs> out of like the main like four bending kids, I'm I'm not saying Katara's not the strongest, right? But I feel like people slander her bending skills a bit too much for my liking. Also, yeah, that's Zuko's Zuko's bending out of the main four kids, I think, is the weakest. But like he's still talented. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only reason I couldn't say that Zuko is the weakest. Well, well, no, okay, I, that's false, because I was going to say he had to teach Aang firebending, but, I mean, everyone else there had to sort of taught Aang uh, their bending, too. Although Katara might be a slight misstep, because Aang had sort of the easiest time learning waterbending, because it's almost like airbending, the way yeah. the show put it. Well, mm. um, I... It, if people act in a rank benders... Out of both shows, it's gonna be a mess. Okay, that would be such a mess. <laughs> I will do um, it one day when I have the energy, but I'm not doing it right now because I don't have the energy. And same, yeah. 
but you know Katara. Like, my mom. <laughs> yeah, Katara. Um, she's a baddie. Uh, <laughs> like she's I a mom figure. Every... Yeah, exactly. Also, Katara could heal too, so that's actually a very ooh, crucial ooh, ben- bending. You're power. right. Ex- exactly. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, like when she went to the, uh, was it the Northern Kingdom South? What the uh, wait? Is it? Is she from? Yeah, the other She's... nation with like Princess Yue. Yeah, the Northern. Wait, which Water one is tribe. she from? She's from yeah. the Southern. Southern. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was yeah. North. Okay. Okay, so Northern Tribe, right? Um, she goes up to uh, one of the, like, instructors. I think it's Yue's, like, dad or something, right? Okay, because, like, she was trying to get more instructions about how to become a stronger waterbender and, like, getting lessons, right? And then this dude who's the instructor is like, no, you can't. Um, that's that's a boy's thing. You can, You could go where the girls are, like, just practicing healing and katara katara said no and stood up to that and decided to do it on her own so yeah i don't know i just love katara as a character just because of how um strong-willed she is i like her character like i think the thing is with her i'm i don't know like i guess like when okay when i think about character i think about how would i like react to them in real life right if i knew them personally and Katara's one of those people where I'm like, I don't know, like, if, like, we would gel very well sometimes. Because, like, um, I don't know, like, especially, like, first season Katara, too. Um, that's the one I remember the most right now, because I mean, I've been mainly watching the first season with my dad. But, um, like, because she's, like, sometimes she's very headstrong, but at the same time, like, with that headstrongness, I feel like at times she can be kind of um insensitive not the word because that's i don't think she's insensitive but like sometimes she'll say things where would you say like she's kind of stubborn kind of even stubborn doesn't like i can see that vibe right yeah Um, like because there's like that one time what did she say she says something like i don't know she says something towards Sokka about like their mom and basically, it's like negating like Sokka's feelings about it, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on!" I'm like, "I'm like, aren't you guys like siblings?" Am I? Mi-? I'm like, "Is this another Sheila doesn't understand what's happening because like they I fight. don't have siblings?" Moment. Yeah, like yeah. they fight. But it was like a very specific moment where she says something. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making up stuff. Maybe I'm being like mean to her for no reason. Actually, never mind. Uh. Well, no, there yes. are those times where she, like, goes on a wild rant, though, and then she says something that she doesn't mean to. I'm trying to think of the one scene that she was saying something to Aang, and then it sort of upset Aang, but I can't yeah. remember what it was, um, what they were arguing about. I know the first season, like, there was an episode that was literally just about, like, how she couldn't get this one waterbending move, but Aang could, and she was so upset. Oh, yeah! Yes, that's what it was. That's, that's exactly what it, what it was. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yo, bro, he's the avatar. Like, I think it's okay. Like, <laughs> oh, was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, hey, guitar, it's not that bad. It's okay. Yeah. I don't know. Basically, like, don't talk smack about her mom. Right. Or well, she'll killed. smack you. Like, she'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. She well, threatened she that man. She you with that water. Right. <laughs> bro, like, when I say she stopped the rain... For the guy who she she literally like stopped the rain. Even Zuko was scared, as he should be. <laughs> and like, 
she's she's 14 too so like i would be i'm already scared of like tiny teenagers right i'm already scared of them so like watching avatar makes me more scared of them because i'm like well if they had superpowers that means they would just try to fight me all the time and i'm too short for that (laughs) (laughs) but hey also at a young age too though um the emotions that you have could also affect the power of your bending yeah Uh i you know like for example uh zuko he was always trying after the avatar so when they would train when he would train and run drills with uncle iroh i will iroh will always identify like the weakness of his bending which had to do with his uh rage of uh being banished from the fire nation and you know always on the hunt for the avatar and then you know, as he was able to control that more, especially after he joined the group and had to relearn firebending because his source of energy was then gone because he was no longer angry. Uh, you know, he sort of, I guess, like harnessed it in a way that um, sort of how Iroh Iro was originally demonstrating, you know, the source of his fire it's like energy from the breath. Like that's, I think one of the uh, things Iroh uh, said in the training sessions that they had. I know who I want to talk about. Who do you want to talk about? There's only two characters I really care about for my whole life. Every year I think about <laughs> them at least once. Sokka, non-bending king. As and, always. And Toph, um, aka. Um, I love her. The, I'm gonna say it. bandit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I guess with Sokka. So Sokka, he doesn't bend. He's comic relief. But the thing he's is... Comic- he, okay, literally, like, when you first see his character, you're like, oh, you're he's, right, like, the funny guy. Right. And he is. He's hilarious. He complains all the time, and I relate to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I would hate him in real life, to be honest. But... <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Like, at first you're like, oh, Sokka's stupid. No. Sokka is one of the smartest people in the show. He's a strategist. He really is. I love his he development. Is. Oh my god. Bro. <laughs> right? Taking down the freaking massive machine before mm-hmm. it fully penetrated through the Earth Kingdom wall. Exactly. Like the episode I usually think about a lot. Um, involving one of my other favorite characters, Suki. Um, Her. Boiling Rock. One of my uh, favorite episodes. Yes. Because, like, here's the thing. Boiling Rock, the Boiling Rock trio, consisting of Zuko, Suki, and Sokka. Best thing. So fun. That's it. I, I haven't watched it recently, so I can't say anything, but I just really like it. That's all I need to know. I don't need to give oh. any more reason. <laughs> That's it. That's like, fair. Su- That's fair. Suki, like, jumping on top of people's heads to get to the warden and tie him up. The strategy that Sokka comes after his initial one, or no, it didn't fail, but he was waiting on to see if Suki would come, or no, his father would come on the uh, next shipment of prisoners, war prisoners. And so he had to reformulate that plan. Even after, you know, Buddy splashed a lot of hot water on himself and failed. And, you know, of course they didn't budge either because they were all trying to get off. And then Zuko, um, I mean, it was all a team effort to help them all fend off Azula and crew. And then, you know, also Girl had, I forgot her name, 
but she had she still loved uh, Zuko even after dumping him. Oh, or, May. Or no, or Ooh. Zuko dumping him. Yes, May. Yeah. After Zuko dumped her, which came in clutch because, let's see, they were about to cut the line. So Zuko's charm, if you will. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just gonna say it. I I'm a I'm a simp for Zuko. Um, that's it. That's all I have to say. Good night. <laughs> Look, here's the thing about Zuko. I like Zuko as a character. He's the only villain at this point I'll accept with a redemption arc. I'm I know I say he's the I'm blueprint. Literally, this is why I'm sick of redemption He's arcs. the blueprint. Everyone thinks that their brooding bad boy needs a redemption arc. They don't. They literally don't. Like, I literally sit there. Also, I think a lot of redemption arcs are done really badly. But, like, for some reason, I feel like Zuko's the reason why everyone wants a redemption arc for a villain. And I'm like, no. Like, I... Zuko's is done well because it's throughout the whole course of the show. And, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. He also has, like, factors that are redeemable. And also, I think it's good that, like, they introduce Azula as, like, the big bad later on. Yeah. Too. So then it's like, well, where does Zuko stand in that? And then that gives leeway to a redemption arc. Um, versus, like, I feel like a lot of shows when they try to give redemption arcs, it's like, there's no big bad, like, introduced early enough for it to really make sense at the moment. Um, and it's not executed well, either. Yeah, like, I I can go on for days about redemption arcs. Right. Give me an example of uh, one that was done, like, badly. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a, a bad redemption arc. Oh, like, give you a bad an example of a bad one? Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like the one with Kylo Ren in um, Star Wars is a really bad one. Um, <laughs> Oof, unfortunately, uh, this Avatar has never seen Star Wars. Hey yo. <laughs> Good. Okay, wait, no. Star Wars is fine. I like Star Wars, but the new trilogy makes my head hurt. I'm it's not gonna get into just it. Just watch I, The I Force Awakens. Talk... That's it. <laughs> yeah, there's no that's other it. movies after that anyway. There's so no like, other movies after that. Just close your eyes and don't imagine the other two. <laughs> yeah, but I like Zuko. Also, um, I guess controversial yeah. opinion about his hair. Um, oh, do tell. <laughs> it's look, so you know okay, so Zuko goes through a bunch of hair transformations. That's how you can mm-hmm. tell he's Indeed redeemed. He does. So first he's bald with a ponytail, right? Then then he like grows his hair out, and there's the mid stage, and then there's the last stage where it's like shaggy hair, and like everyone likes that one. I like the mid stage more because I think it looks better. What the hair that sort of looks like mine, but like um, yeah, because it's I don't know, it, like in a more neater fashion than your hair the one is that he ended Josh. off with. Like, yeah, um, you know what? I actually kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, like the one when he's at the tea shaggy. shop. Yeah. Because the tea shop like hair is really one. nice. And, like, that's the only hair I draw that's him me. with. I don't know, when I do my stupid little AUs. But, um, I like Zuko as a character. But you want to know who I like more? You want to know who's my favorite character? Who I've mentioned very Ooh. briefly? Toph. Toph's the best Toph. character in Avatar. When I say that Earthbenders are elite, I mean it. Yeah, like, she maybe... could she could throw a rock at me. Like, here's the thing: I may be inconsistent, but I'm also consistent. All you need to know is I believe in Earthbender supremacy, <laughs> but not in Kuvira's way from Korra. I do not believe in that. Uh, but <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no, Ex- here's the thing: I think Toph the, is the best bender if you take out Aang, because Aang's avatar so automatically it's like. 
he's the best. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But what does Toph do? Okay, she created metal bending. She is already a prodigy at, like, ten. She's ten. Blind. Yeah, like, the thing is, too, with her blindness, um, because I was talking with my roommate last year about, um, Avatar very quickly, and, um, my roommate, she was, because my roommate is, um, visually impaired, and so, basically, she was saying, like, how she really, like, Toph's character, because, like, her, because, like, her earthbending didn't negate the fact that she was blind, like, it wasn't, like, a, um, I'm, like, blanking on the word. Like, it wasn't, like, a replacement, basically, because you know how sometimes it's, like, when there's a disabled character and they have superpowers, it's, like, the superpower helps, like, is, like, oh, this fixed your disability. While with Toph, it's just more so, like, it's it's not that, like, the way that she, like, quote-unquote sees is, like, by, um, like, she literally feels the world around her. And even then, like, she, like, mentions, like, it's, like, she had to work on that, too. So, mm. I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. As someone who isn't, like, yeah. visually impaired, I was like, oh, don't really think about that, of course. But yeah, Toph, one, she's funny. Her, <laughs> her and Sokka she interact is. is, like, the funniest thing. Like, I, like, literally, once those two show up on screen, I start, like, laughing on that. Cause I'm like, something stupid's gonna happen. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> but. Right. Whenever she just pokes yeah. Sokka, it's like a powerful poke that, like, freaking, she doesn't, it's not even a bend, she's not even bending, but, like, that's just, one, her strength, but, like, also their comedy. <laughs> I love Toph. Best character. Best bender. Everyone can fight me. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'd do anything for her. Uncle Iroh. Uncle Iroh. I love Uncle Iroh. He's cool. He's chilling. He's he's just like, yeah, I was a war I was a war criminal. Pass me some tea. That <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but like Yeah, like, I mean way. they're all war criminals, so like but he's like That's it, fair. He's, hasn't he done like the most war criminal things anyways, technically? Like in terms of maybe like sort of like treason? Yes. Uh, well, I mean Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, it, it's it's between him and Zuko. <laughs> on that one, especially because Zuko's the one that redirected lightning to Ozai. Mm. I mean, in the end, when we watch Avatar, aren't we all war criminals, too? Wow, I never really thought of it like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like... I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I like Uncle Iroh. He's voiced by the same guy who voices Aku in Samurai Jack. Um, (gasps) Mako. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, he... He's yeah. cool. He's a cool guy. He really is. I want him to be my uncle. Minus. Well, you know. Yeah, I just want him to be my uncle. I don't know. Like, uncle Iroh. Him... Was the best dad for Zuko. He really was. Yeah. Even though, even though, like, Zuko, um, you know, he was at that point where he never wanted to see Uncle Iroh again. Iroh still stuck by his side when, whenever he needed that help and came back. And, um, and when Zuko came back to, like, you know, I guess, like, I don't want to repeat words, but, like, redeem himself, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. Iroh was still the one to be there by his side no matter what. And I, I just thought, I, I just cry when I think about that. 
Right. Because it's the relationship between them is like crucial because Iroh lost his son in the Earth Kingdom. And so Zuko was basically his replacement. Um, And Zuko, who was always trying to regain his father's, uh, I don't know, trust is not a a good word for this, but. um, Right. But yeah, he was trying to regain that sort of status with his father, even though it materialized to some degree. Uh, after a while for Zuko, it never felt truly right, especially after he learned that, let's see, Roku is technically Zuko's grandfather on his mother's side. So he's technically related to Aang. And so, you know, part of his destiny was probably just a, and so realizing what his final destiny was, because Iroh somehow knew that fact, uh, but then, you know, like you said before, too, just the uh, Iroh always being there for him when his father never was because his father, his father thought that talk against him like that bad that he had to, even when Zuko didn't want to fight him, he still gave his punishment, which is a mark that is forever on his face. And that, like, that thing on his face with Zuko, like, that... That just became his identity and like it made it seem like this is that was his own destiny to like get his father's approval right back again and yeah and it with the thing with uncle Iroh it's it's the thing that taught Zuko to realize that he can fulfill his own destiny however he likes and not under his father's um reign I guess which really, which really makes uh, Zuko's redemption arc so so impactful and really meaningful, too, to it. Sorry, I was thinking about this one theory. You guys know how like um about like the Tai Li and like Aang being related, the or like Tai Li being from like Ooh. Air Nomad. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You showed me it. Yeah, it's just because they're I. Okay, one way you can tell where someone's from. Um, and avatars by their eye colors, because, like, their eye colors correspond with, like, what tribe they're from. So, like, Ty Lee, who's, like, Azula's friend. I love um, her. She's great. I love her, too. Um, like, basically, she's adopted. She's adopted by some circus freaks, right? And so, mm-hmm. even though she lives in the Fire Nation and lived there her whole life, like, her eyes are a different color. And so her eyes are gray, like the Air Nomads. So, like, the theory is, like, she's from the Air Nomads. Because she don't, like, people also say she kind of looks like Anne because they both have, like, kind of round yeah. faces, which, like, makes sense. But yeah, that was, like, my little tangent about that. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about everything. I'm My brain's bloated. <laughs> really? I'm um. just only getting started. <laughs> only getting started? It's been, like, an hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's gonna go nuts. Um, okay. <laughs> Anyways, I really like that theory. Should we move on to Miss Azula? Yeah, so Azula's Zuko's crazy sister. and Crazy. <laughs> basically, in Avatar, there's like this weird trend of favorism with kids. I don't know why there is. Um, it happens in Korra, too. Because I get, well, not really a spoiler alert, but guess what? Aang also performs favoritism with his kids to the point where, like, I, it's a mess. Because because, like, it's implied it also has to do with genetics or something. But, um, so Azula, she's just, like, 
Dang, maybe the Fire Nation should just take over everything. Because my brother sucks at, like, doing his job. So let me just do his job for him. Yeah. It's not only that. And she's Azul, crazy. Yeah. That and she's, by technicality of the color of her fire and the fact that she can bend, do uh, bend lightning, is more powerful firebender than Zuko. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, I'm going to say, I think Zuko, out of all the kids... Actually, no, I won't say out all the kids, but um, out of, like, the big Bender kids, I think that Zuko is probably the weakest. Nothing against him. He's okay. I, I think he's still talented. He's just in a room full of 90s to 100s, and he's at 85. I'm so sorry. Like, it, it's... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think he has a lot more strength, like, in terms of his own character if that makes any sense yeah no that makes sense yeah <laughs> like his ability to learn right to some uh to some degree because had azula okay zuko in the agni kai uh between zuko and azula zuko probably would have won had azula not turned the lightning strike towards katara instead because mm. Zuko can read, learn to read direct lightning. Now, whether or not Azula learned to do it the same is unknown, but I'm assuming not, especially because Ozai didn't learn it. So, right. so Zuko turns that lightning strike against Azula, and he's of course he's willing to end Azuka, Azula because she knows, especially after she they seen her gone mad at the end there. Uh, so he was willing to do it but of course like i said he azula turned it towards katara and you need to be in the perfect stance to redirect lightning or else it stops inside you i feel bad for azula low-key um like especially near the end because the thing about avatar one thing they one thing they won't remind you about but you'll remember in the back of your mind is how old everyone is (laughs) and like the fact that she's like 14 yeah she's 14 i don't know like young prodigy why is this whole why is this whole show so dependent on these children like why why is everyone using these children to fight (laughs) that's crazy yeah Toph Um, and Aang just came out the womb (laughs) yeah well Aang the womb of an iceberg for a hundred years but yeah but so he's been birthed twice and like (laughs) yeah I mean basically yeah. You're right. Oh, Comes also, out I'm sorry. riding an air scooter in front of a bunch of water tribe kids. Like, how how are you letting a 12-year-old defeat a whole army? I know. I want to give them a hug. Why is a 12-year-old making you this pressed? This pressed. Well, okay, if we were to take this from the real world, I, you know, sort of that patriotism mm. towards your kingdom kind of just comes at a young age to begin with. Um, maybe not in modern times. Uh, we don't do that because you know we go through school and we do focus on like patriotism. But you know we're not, and you know high school has ROTC. But you know you're never, and even in the show, you know the kids. Uh, and the the yeah. What I was saying was like yeah, that makes sense because like in an episode, wasn't it basically like they're showing how these little Fire Nation kids are being indoctrinated by the government because they got like these textbooks that were basically like long ago everyone hated the Fire Nation, then the Avatar came and hated <laughs> the Fire Nation even more. 
And so only the Fire Nation could control everyone because they're being really mean. And they're like, stop. You're ugly. And then the Fire Nation's like, how about we just rise up and I don't know. Make everyone like us. Which means genocide for them. So like, I don't know. Do you feel like the whole franchise is just comprised of like a bunch of kids with daddy issues? Because that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> no, okay. Here's why I say this. So, like, of course, you have, like, Zuko and, like, Azula and, like, their whole family thing. But then in Korra, right? Um, we're not going to talk about Korra. This is, but, like, in Korra, it's, like, the same thing. <laughs> but, like, it, this time it's, like, kind of, like, with, ten, like, Aang's kids because Aang's, like, a colorist or whatever. And, like, it... I have a lot of thoughts right now. I don't know how to organize them properly. Um... Well, okay, one, most of the adults were taken from the water, the Southern Water Tribe. So when when uh, Sokka and Katara found Aang, uh, their grand, their grand grand was basically the only one, one of the few who were left in the Southern Water Tribe who can take care of everyone else. So basically it was seen as their destiny to help the Avatar. And in that, they kind of they kind of grew to a more mature state and they were also able to master their element, except him being Sokka, except he's a master. He's a sword master, which I think that was a nice little touch they gave him, especially with that moon rock sword. Moon rock. I thought that was dope. Right. I hate that they made him lose it too at the end there. Oh yeah. I forgot what that material was, but it was so malleable that, Toph could, um, you know, she could like mold it into different kinds of shapes and whatnot. A key, mm-hmm. remember they, she had it in when, cause I forgot, they were in some kind of jail. I don't know if it was her Kantara that one time or not, but they were in some kind of jail and uh, Toph molded into a key yeah. and was able to unlock it. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It was with Katara because I remember mm-hmm. she used her sweat to water yeah. <laughs> And I thought I was like, huh. That's right. actually smart. <laughs> blood bending or taking the water, the blood water, bending. taking the water out of the plants in the environment around you. That was crazy. But a uh, 12 year old kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just how it evolves. I guess um, they're like the most free. They're not, not exactly tough. Tough was to be protected, but she could hold her own. Uh, Zuko who was always technically under the eye of Iroh and was basically being trained up to be the youngest guy to defeat the Avatar. It was considered, it's all, it was all technically determined by destiny that at their age that they could um, make the decisions to be able to help the Avatar restore peace because the adults couldn't, were, were too greedy and also and also incapable of making a strategy to return the world to peace itself themselves well when you put it like that it actually makes kind of sense like you know you know at the same time like even though they have their own expectations as what as what to do in order to like basically save the world it's also like they kind of also have their own way to shape their own destiny without you know that type of pressure and expectation to follow what their their ancestors did to cause this huge war um and i think it it's a great like symbol of how like 
younger generations can be the one to like not repeat history itself right you know i don't know i just thought of it that way i want to bring special attention to this one character who i think deserves some attention um and i think the cabbage man uh cabbage man deserves better straight up my cabbages you know, here's, you know, I know I say I hate 12 years a lot, but that's literally the reason why all he wants to do is sell his cabbages. And then what these kids do to keep messing up the stand? Nah, I hate all of these kids. The cabbage man was the true hero and did his own service, but he deserved better. <laughs> Get him more cabbages. I mean, look, in core, he got cabbage core. And I think that's, thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him, you know? (laughs) Did anyone have any final thoughts about Avatar? Sokka's... Miss Yue shouldn't have turned into the moon like that. I think it's funny. You're right. I think it's hilarious, but like... I hate it here. I love Miss Yue the moon. Um, what else? Oh, Toph, best character. Oh, um, I don't know. Yeah, Toph, best character, best bender. Earthbenders are the best. Bye. That's all I have to say. (laughs) One of my favorite things about the show will always be the character development everyone experienced. And because, you know, especially considering their young age, them having to make the worldly decisions that they had to, especially Aang at the end, kind of, um, I don't know, it just, it sort of sums up, I don't want to say expectation for us, but... um, Sure, it gives us a lesson of what kind of choices we might have to make one day. Because that's what I, that's something, when I look back on a lot of like shows like Avatar that are sort of similar in that, um, I don't know, kind of story development, it comes back, it kind of comes all back to us in some way. You know, it's sort of, it's modeled off of our world and our history. And, you know, us trying not to repeat it so what decisions will we make that was so insightful (laughs) the deepest podcast (laughs) exactly (laughs) like every time josh says something like my mind is blown i'm like oh my gosh he really he truly is the avatar (laughs) and then and i think about the whiplash if you're like listening to multiple (laughs) these (laughs) right echoing josh I I really applaud Avatar for its great storytelling and development for something that's for the lessons that they show can be so simple, but yet the way they execute it can also just be as complex um, in terms of how and what a character uh, makes as a choice that affects the rest of the world around them. Um And I think that's what makes Avatar such a special show for that. Um, And not to mention just the great, like, ways of how they represented um, Asian culture in so many different ways than one in terms of how the, I guess, the diversity within Asian culture because they, I don't know, just I guess people in general love to just generalize Asian culture where in reality, like, there's so many um, aspects that come within like Asia itself and I think that it's such a it's this it's such a nice show um and I love it and it's definitely up there for me 
So, yeah. I love Avatar. Thank you, Avatar. Yeah, I like the show. It's one of my favorites. I sound like I don't like anything. That's my problem, though. Uh, not the shows. Oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could probably safely say for, especially for animation, it'll be the childhood favorite. Avatar will continue to be the show of our hearts. Avatar yeah. really, I don't know. It's kind of a blueprint for a lot of things that, like, I don't know, I complain about. Yeah. And- <laughs> But I think it's good because of that. So yeah, that's my final thoughts on Avatar. That's a good way to wrap things up. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. And thank you, Josh, for joining us today. Yeah. Spitting some facts, some knowledge. For real. (laughs) Big knowledge. (laughs) I'd love to have you again. Yes, I'd love to be back. Yay. Let us know in the comments below about your thoughts about Avatar The Last Airbender. Tell us who's the best bender so then I can start arguing. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. And maybe if you if you are a bender, who what type of bender who you would have to- <laughs> What kind of bender would <laughs> yeah. you be? Bender would you be? I yeah, would be an earth bender because they're elite. I'm stuck between water and air fire only because i like to do lightning all right thank you everybody for listening to the 1224 podcast i'm kate um i believe that all your opinions are wrong about the show also i'm shay and we'll see you all later bye bye